Garcetti of Chapter 9. Cartier Changes Everything, Part 1. My bedroom at Rosemary's Top Shelf Digs was the first one on the left down the hall off the living room, yeah, right across from the main bathroom. Rosemary's master bedroom was further down the hall. I stepped into my room and closed the door. Small but cozy. Just big enough for a full-size sleeper sofa, a couple of end tables, and a TV on a stand. Saw that Rosemary already had the sleeper sofa pulled out and the bed made for me. Threw my old red gym bag on the bed and looked out the little picture window. My view is the roof and surrounding buildings and yeah, downtown L.A. I sat down at the prepared pullout. I had my own TV. Wall filled with tons of movies. I looked at the surrounding walls of the room. Wow, as a matter of fact, there were there were movies on all the walls. VHS tapes stacked from floor to ceiling. Mounted shelves were fucking filled with VHS recordings. I looked closer. Shelves built into the wall were stuffed. There were stacks of tape movies on the fucking floor. Towers of tape stood like skyscrapers on the end tables and atop the TV. What the hell? Rosemary must... She must have had hundreds. Maybe thousand. I don't know. I picked up one of the VHS cassettes. It was labeled and dated. Just some goofy TV show nobody watched anymore. I pulled a couple from a wall shelf and took a look. Titles consisted of a vast array of recorded TV shows, films, made-for-TV movies. Some of the shows had, you know, been canceled a long time. I glanced around and quickly realized Rosemary was fucking nuts. Rosemary had damn near as many unopened packages of VHS tapes as she did recorded VHS. See, I hadn't been in this room. When I come back from Oklahoma, this is the first time I got to see the VHS tape cave. And it was crazy. She had as much unopened shit as open shit. I noticed the VCR under the TV at that very moment. At the end of my own pullout in my own room was recording something at the time. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't just limited to the room I stayed in, though. No. That was every fucking room in the house that had a TV in it. I shit you not. Rosemary had copyright infringement shits going on in every goddamn room of that penthouse. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> kidding. Rosemary was plagued, and there wasn't a cure for her disease. That woman must have spent thousands. I know she spent thousands of dollars to feed that fucking habit. Some people gamble. She recorded things on TV. And she didn't just keep the latest editions of TV Guide. She kept the old ones and the TV Guides out of the fucking LA Times. That's right. She kept all those TV Guides, too, and they were all highlighted and marked or yeah she had writing and highlighted shit all over i mean she properly kept cliff notes the latest movies and shows that were coming up 
in notebooks, spiral notebooks, that's right. She knew all the fucking movies and shows that were coming on on every damn channel, hour by hour, on a day-to-day basis. She knew shit she was going to be recording two weeks from now. She'd flip through the guides with a highlighter, marking all the shit she'd care to watch, live or record that particular day. She would instruct me throughout my stay there never to touch any of the fucking TVs or VCRs without her permission. Every three, four hours, she'd crack open one of them big fucking multi-packs of VHS tapes, title, date, and label shit, then scurry about the penthouse, ejecting and inserting VHS tapes. Yeah, getting it on the proper channels and recording. I'm not going to bring it up throughout the rest of the story. I just want you to know, it went on day after day. As long as she was awake, shit was being recorded on TV. You get it? When she was sleeping, automatic timers were set to record shit on TV. Entire existence here was one big use that the express written consent of. Now that I have that shit out of the way, I should probably mention the cats. The small and large feline army of hissing, pissing, growling, kneading, shedding, shitting, fighting, screwing, birthing fucking cats. I had seen half a dozen of them my first night at Rosemary's when I'd come back out from Oklahoma on that goddamn bus. So I wasn't surprised she had cats. I knew she had cats. I just wasn't prepared for how many. Just like the VHS tapes, the cats were not in short supply. There could have been 20. There could have been 20. Rosemary kept half a dozen litter boxes for these felines, a couple of rooms she was using for storage on the other side of the penthouse. Behind the bar, past the dining room and the kitchen, down the hall. Yeah, those rooms down there. No, it wasn't nice down there. We'll get into that a little bit later. I was sitting on the end of the pullout, and Rosemary knocked on the door. Before I could even react, she popped the door open, poked her head in. Hey, follow me to the master bedroom. Got up from the bed, hung a left outside the bedroom door, and followed a satin nightgown rosemary to her master bed. This is a good-sized master bedroom. Yeah. Unlike my room, her wall facing the roof access was, well, it was bare, no window, just a headboard of a great big king-sized bed. The windows were on the west side, overlooking the sunset and nearby structures and streets. To right of those windows was a relatively long hallway with sliding glass doors leading to a master bath further down the hall. The bedroom itself was cluttered with various tools and boxes of wrap lumber. I figured it was the material she wanted me to use to put that bookshelf together. B, her and I had discussed that first night I was back from Oklahoma. There were cans of paint, strippers, sponges, rollers, pans, all kinds of stuff I need to repaper and, I guess, paint the walls. Rosemary finished explaining what she wanted me to do over the next couple of weeks and then walked me through the rest of the apartment. Walked over by the bar again, through the small, gold-mirrored dining room and, of course, the great big, giant kitchen. She had a big kitchen island, stoves and ovens everywhere. It was beautiful. Having grown up a little bit with a single mom, yeah. I knew how to cook. 
It was beautiful. We stepped through the kitchen to another hall and hung a laugh closer to the back bedrooms. Oh, holy shit. The stench of ammonia was, it was almost too much to take. We stepped to the room where the half dozen or so litter boxes were. I'm getting a steam cleaner in a couple days, Stan, and I want you to clean this shit up, Rosemary said, flicking her ashes right on the fucking floor. Rosemary was a convicted felon. He had told me as much as this. I mean, I guess she had gone to prison for a little while for, well, like anybody else goes to prison, over money. You know, fraud and larceny and all kinds of shit. It was for big dollars, too. Didn't bother me, though. I wasn't afraid of somebody because they'd been to fucking prison. I, I wasn't okay completely with Rosemary, but at that time, I I just worked for her. Besides, it was obvious Rosemary knew how to make big money. I was grateful for the gig. I was grateful for the money. That's about it. Something was still eating in my ass, though, and I couldn't figure out what. After giving me various instructions about cleaning the room back there and taking care of all the cat shit by being mindful of the stuff she had in storage, she then went on to insist I only work at night. I sleep all day, Stan. She said, squeezing the side of her own temples. I don't sleep enough as it is, and I just can't have you up during the day hammering and shit while I'm trying to get some rest. Okay, I agreed. I'll work at night. We didn't have the steamers yet. Until that day came, I was pretty much my own boss, so hey, <laughs> no job took priority. I was only allowed to work at night, so, well, I decided to go ahead and build the bookshelf first. I had to hand it to Rosemary. She had every fucking thing there I could have possibly needed to build. There was shit I didn't need. I mean, I had to cut all the wood with a jigsaw, but I built the bookshelf in her bedroom, positioned it over her bed that very night. It was finished in just a couple hours. It wasn't like I built it from scratch. It was more like a put-together piece-of-shit diagram number project. If you could read, you can handle it. At first, I was concerned about the noise. I didn't go out just using a skill saw and a router right away. I mean, I went to Rosemary. I was worried about all the fucking noise it'd make, but she insisted it was soundproof apartment, so okay. It felt weird working at night. I mean, it was like, it was like 1.30 or 2 in the morning, you know? I mean, the phones were active. Rosemary was in the living room talking to people all night, but I, I didn't even pay attention. After I built that bookshelf, though, I, I was really in the mood for a drink. I needed a drink, okay? <laughs> I piled the scraps of unused wood up next to the bedroom door and walked to the bar. Rosemary was just getting off the phone. She had next to her chase. Rosemary, I interrupted, kind of sheepishly. Can I make a drink? Yeah, Brent, she said, setting down one of the receivers. Yeah, Dash, make yourself at home. I was hoping she would say that. I hadn't had a fucking drink since B had dropped me off earlier that morning. It felt great. Walked that big-ass kitchen and got some ice out the door. I made a jack coat, and fuck it, I planted my ass right there behind the bar. I pulled one of them little bar stools around the back and watched Rosemary work the phones in the next room. Had I actually stopped to really give a shit and listen to what Rosemary was saying to people when they called, the story probably would have been different. 
didn't feel like I needed to work anymore in that night, you know? I mean, the bookshelf was built, and figured I'd better drag them jobs out so I wouldn't run out of shit to do too soon. That's why I decided to go ahead and save the master bath till the next day. Rosemary wanted me to strip the old wallpaper off the uh, master bath and then repaint the whole thing, including the trim. It's going to be a bit of a job. Ugly-ass color. She chose, like, this puke, baby, clinic, green-blue shit. I, I can't describe it. It was disgusting. If you live in that penthouse this day, go through some of the layers of paint. I'm sure it's there. I asked her if I could go out on the roof again, and she obliged. Stepped around her chase and all the TV guides and notebooks and shit, phones, and got the sliding doors and went out. I knew B was probably in mid-flight back to Denmark at that point. I mean, that was going to be a long journey. Yeah, took a drink. Walked out on the roof. I just... I didn't belong here, and I knew it. What the fuck else was I going to go? I was using them. Everything was temporary. I was a gypsy. Well, fuck it. I was pretty much accepting whatever the hell come my way. It's such a short amount of fucking time. I'd managed to work my way off a fucking roundabout in Long Beach to a dumpy apartment alongside the San Diego freeway to a very plush home in the Hacienda Hills, over to a West Hollywood apartment, and now to a downtown deck chair on a rooftop apartment. Staring at naked people in the Carlton. I took a healthy drink of my Jack Coke, put it on the ledge and leaned forward, seeing a woman and a guy walk around Guy's in his tidy whities and the woman was walking around her. The G-strings are the new thing back then. She had one on. She didn't have a top on, but she had a G-string on. She was... <laughs> People never stop to think. Hotels have windows, and around other hotels are other fucking buildings with windows and roof access. Yeah, that means you can be seen, naked ass. <laughs> I woke up before Rosemary the next morning. I wasn't hungover. I was a little groggy. Didn't sleep as much as I wanted. It was about 10.30, I think, 10.45. Walked out of the bedroom cautiously and down to where the hall met the living room next to a big potted tree. That's another thing Rosemary is obsessed with. Plants and potted trees and shrubs and shit. All over. The house looks like a fucking jungle. I liked it, though. It allowed me to, yeah, recon the living room before I walked out there. I'd just stand behind the tree and peer through the goddamn leaves. 
I took a gander for the first time that morning, and look at there. There was Rosemary. What do you know? In her white nightgown, black hair still on a ponytail, splashed across one of them big fucking pillows. She was out cold, man. <laughs> Dirty feet sticking out of the bottom of a old afghan. Hoo-wee. I turned around and went back to the room. I was laying there on the pullout, watching one of her 50 million fucking movies. I can't remember which one. Don't ask. And she surprised me. Yeah. I got lost in the picture. And in the meantime, she had woke up, gone to the bathroom, taken a shower. And I was now standing at the bedroom door. Long black hair hanging around her shoulders. She had makeup on and not a one-piece red jumpsuit. She didn't look good. She didn't look bad. She just didn't look good either. I'm going to the store stand. You want some cigarettes? She asked cheerfully. Uh, yeah, that, that'd be great. I said appreciatively, setting up on the hide bed Could I get a pack or two? Yeah, yeah, and, and I'll get some more Mickeys while I'm there, too. Thanks, Rosemary. Okay, just stay in the apartment and don't answer any of the phones, she emphasized before stepping out of my room. Rosemary got back a couple hours with a shitload of groceries, an entire case of Mickey beer, several cartons of Marlboro Reds, and a steam cleaner. <laughs> Loaded everything onto the elevator herself and was offloading on the top floor when I answered the knock at the front door. I helped her get everything inside, put things away, then began the process of, um, well, cleaning them nasty-ass rooms on the opposite side of the fucking apartment. Ugh. Hey, would you like a little litter on your cat shit? The litter boxes were nothing but shit. Completely covered the litter. There was no litter. Hope the shit she remembered trash bags, I thought. It stunk so fucking bad. Didn't get interesting until I took the bags of dirty litter out into the uh, trash chute by the stairwell. I guess I dropped one or two before somebody screamed up at me and I could hear them down there. And, well, there's supposed to be a dumpster there, I guess, and it wasn't there. Fuck them. So, like I say, after I got the boxes clean, some fresh litter in there, I ended up steam cleaning the carpets the entire room back there. I had to move all the shit out of storage, steam clean them, put everything back in again. It's a pain in the ass. But it ate up a lot of time. And I drank. Profusely. Yeah, just trying to wash the dust of cat litter out of my gullet. <laughs> it had only been a few days I'd been staying there with Rosemary, but I have to admit, not missing B much. Why would I? I didn't fucking know her. Time spent in Rosemary's apartment really gave me some time to think. B was back in Denmark visiting family, getting ready for our wedding. I was doing odd jobs around Rosemary's and kind of having second thoughts about the whole fucking thing, you know? I mean, what was I really getting into? I, I just hadn't thought it through. I mean, the situation was good. There's no doubt about that. I had room. I had board covered. I had an easy fucking job, paid real good. I got a drink on the fucking job. It was my gut that was just eating my ass. I couldn't see past the apartment. 
I couldn't see past the apartment I was currently living in or the one I'd soon be residing in after marrying a woman I didn't know. (laughs) Yeah, I know I was only 19, but I wasn't delusional. See, when I was back at Mom's dining room table with nothing but a gym bag full of dirty fucking clothes, marrying B seemed like a small price to pay, and I was ready to do it. It was only after working directly for Rosemary kind of getting a good idea who she was and more or less being held prisoner in that fucking penthouse that I start realizing, wait a minute, I'm at the mercy of these women. Whoops. It dawned on me. (laughs) After a few days, within a week, which is a fucking miracle, Yeah, if you want to call that thinking about it long and hard, that's how long it took me. Within a week. I mean, as sweet as the situation was, I really was barely beyond scrubbing my balls in the fucking 7-Eleven sink again. I mean, so far, my only accomplishments in L.A. involving getting a job at American Ensign, which I lost, and a motorcycle, which got fucking stolen. Shit. I could have done all that back in Oklahoma. I bitch a lot, but the truth is, life in the apartment was pretty cool. Aside from the horrendous amount of cats, it really wasn't bad. Rosemary could cook simple dishes fairly well and prepare decent food for both of us every night. I had a clean bed to sleep in, all the movies I could watch in a lifetime, secure building, large hooded bar, profusely stocked with an overabundance of alcohol. It just got so boring so fucking fast. I think that's what hit me first. The boredom. Painfully fucking boring. You see, within just a few days, I was already suffering from the redundancy of life in a fucking penthouse. I wanted out. It wasn't cool anymore. (laughs) Yeah, Rosemary would always say, You just feel better, Stan, if you just go out on the roof of the building and... And please, don't go out on the street. There's nowhere for you to go around here. Just for the sake of not starting a fucking argument, I wouldn't go. And I'd listen to her, and I'd go out on the roof, and I'd grab a lawn chair and go kicking outside, prop my feet up on the ledge, chug a whole fucking bottle of wine. <laughs> but it got old. It got old so fucking fast. Within a week. Wasn't allowed to work during the day because Rosemary's asleep or passed out on the chase in the living room. Even though there was a large king-sized bed waiting for her in the room down the hall, I never once, once saw her make it past the fucking sectional. Walking away from them phones was money lost, as far as she was concerned. Why every morning she'd be sprawled out in her white silk nightgown with her ass sticking out, her cold black hair all over the fucking place, drunk, unconscious. I'd just stand there at the end of my hall behind that big fucking tree just staring at her. No, I wasn't waxing my carrot. I just never understood why the fucking cats didn't sleep with her. There are no less than three phones for the chase. Rosemary worked those fuckers night and day. They'd ring at all hours. She'd stir when they did, jump up and answer them, 
Classic touchy, touchy class. In the most pleasant voice she could muster through brandy drunk. All night I'd be in the back of the master bedroom doing my handyman shit and casually listening in from time to time. She'd give descriptions of the various young women who work for her, the callers. I'd hear her ask for places, addresses, directions, phone numbers. Never really gave it any thought, though, and that's the truth. I just didn't give any interest in what the hell was going on. I didn't care. I mean, I'd hear her say things like, uh, she's five foot two, natural blonde, absolutely gorgeous. Oh, she's. Would you like her for an hour? To me, there was no reason to question anything. Be herself had told me she gave men massages for money, so I dismissed the calls as anything but. In my mind, it was harmless. Big fucking deal. Some rich fucker wants to pay an ass load of money to, you know. Have an attractive woman rub him down? Why would I give a shit? I mean, (laughs) I was as gullible as I was blind. Wasn't until after that first week, I think my naive ass began to question what kind of business Rosemary was actually running. It was mid-afternoon. As usual, Rosemary was sleeping on the fucking sectional. I was in my room watching... Rocky or some shit on VHS. She had obviously taped the movie from regular daytime TV because they were, you know, commercial interruptions on the recording, but it's funny, after a while you forget you're watching a VHS tape, and I could have fast-forwarded the shit, but I started sitting through the commercial breaks. The movie went to a commercial break, and right in the middle of it, there was a breaking news story. Local. Los Angeles breaking news. Apparently there had been an officer-involved sting which had shut down an escort agency on the other side of the city. It was the word escort, escort agency, that the reporter had said that that's what got my attention. You see, after that point, I had no idea what the hell an escort agency was. I'd never heard of such a thing. I had heard of hookers and prostitutes. They were on the street. Yeah, we talked about them in Oklahoma all the time. Whores. Still, I had heard the very word escort agency come from Rosemary's own lips. That's right. During conversations she had with people who had called, she'd brag and claim to have and operate the most professional Escort agency in Los Angeles. At the classiest agency in L.A. I mean, I had, heard, I had heard her profoundly, proudly state that shit over and over again. Classiest escort agency in town. No shit. Now I'm watching a breaking news story on a tape movie of Rocky about an escort agency getting raided by fucking cops in L.A. I hung on every fucking word as the uh, reporter, you know, Name the agency and describe the scene. He discussed about how, you know, men would call the agency for companionship and then describe how the madam or the owner of the agency would then send young women to meet up with them for paid sex. Completely intrigued I was. So intrigued, my head tilted, and I hit the rewind button on the tape. Yeah, remembering, I'm watching the tape here. I played it back. I began recalling all the times I had heard Rosemary answer one of them phones by her chase. 
she described girls all the fucking time. She quoted hourly rates. I, I think I even heard her quote overnight rates, daily rates and shit. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> For the first time, I really started to pull my head out of my ass. Thanks to a tape movie of Rocky on VHS. She had actually quoted hourly rates over the phone. I'd heard her dole out companionship rates at $300 an hour. No shit. Rosemary did it, and I'd heard it. I wrote down the name of the agency they were talking about on the news. Just by pure fucking chance. There was an old Pacific Bell phone book. Great big, thick, thick fucker under the end table in my room. I opened that bitch up, and I looked up the agency. Shit. There it was. I remember all the times Rosemary would ask men if it'd be cash or credit card. They'd go over methods of payment over the phone. No kidding. A fucking credit card. Rosemary would ask the young women she'd call, do you have enough slips on you? Yeah. She'd also remind the women to, you know, not forget the sliders, credit card sliders. You see, young folks, back in the olden days, credit cards were charged by way of carbon, copied receipt, which was run through a slider with the credit card itself. Well, we couldn't be trusted either. That's how come we don't have it anymore. Anyway, I finally snapped out of the uh, fucking trance I was in while watching the news report. I sat there thinking about all the shit I'd witnessed over the past week. I thought about why the fuck I was there in the first place. I thought about B, all the money she had. Beatrice had a lot of money. She always had money. I thought about Karen, the British girl who, who I danced with the first night back out from Oklahoma in front of the fucking sectional. I thought about all the girls I'd seen, you know, the few nights prior who would show up at ungodly hours and and hand Rosemary Wads of credit card slips and cash. I can say I just never really paid attention to it. I'd actually witnessed those transactions from time to fucking time, but I looked around the room and, and thought about the expensive home I was setting in. My voice cracked after taking a big gulp of an afternoon beer. No fucking way, I mumbled. I wasn't even watching a movie anymore. You know, my brain was scrambled the thoughts in all directions. I hit the rewind on the VCR back. I kept watching the news report over and over again, looking at the fucking phone book. It's crazy how the brain works. Because I thought about everything that Rosemary might be before I thought about solving the problem. Once beyond the initial shock of the whole fucking scenario. I mean, I was only guessing at this point, but I finally started trying to recall the name Rosemary had been using when she answered those fucking phones. It really didn't dawn on me right away. Like I say, I'd never really paid much attention to Rosemary's phone conversations, but I caught just enough to be paying attention now. I didn't have a choice anymore, so... 
I was drinking my Mickeys and fucking walking around in my room back and forth, just making a fucking you around the, you know, hide of bed between the TV and shit. What's that fucking name? Muttered while thinking out loud and bracing the room. Touch a classic, touch a class, and it did. Classic touch, classic touch, I quickly exclaimed, chopped my hands in the air. Classic fucking touch. Smile, picking up the phone book I just dropped. After a quick thumb through the yellow pages, I came to the ad. Classic touch, a touch of class. Holy shit. Now you have to understand. It's been a long time since I've seen the ad. So, see, my recollections are probably all over the fucking place. But the best that I can recall is about a quarter page ad, I think. Could have been a third, okay? I don't think it was a half, but at least a quarter. Yeah. In the Pacific Bell phone book. No, those don't just cost a few hundred dollars. I don't remember the call of the ad. I don't think there was color. I mean, there was like a sketch or something of a long, slender female hand that stretched horizontally across the page. It was, it looked like an attractive, pretty hand with diamonds and rubies and semen and shit hanging off the fingers. I can't remember it. It said something to the effect of classic touch, a touch of class or some shit like that. It doesn't matter. I'm pretty sure there were probably some icons, I think, of credit card payment. Yeah, that was an option that that Classic Touch gave you. Credit card icons were there. Shit. I flat out couldn't fucking believe what the hell. I hadn't been chosen to marry B because they liked me. Yeah, I knew they were using me. God, I didn't know this bad. I've got to keep Rosemary's money mule and fucking country because they're getting a Gary to kick her out. It's got a bad visa. That's her, That's the feeling I remember having. I'm a dumb fuck. Rosemary might have bought that ad, but we all shared it. God damn it. It was Karen's. It was B's. It was mine. Oh, I mean, I wasn't 100% sure, but pretty damned. I mean, I'm being absolutely serious here. I I really wanted to give B and, you know, the Rosemary the benefit of a doubt, but you can't ignore the arrows. I didn't know what to do. They hadn't talked to me about this at all. Matter of fact, they had lied to me about this. Yeah. I couldn't run anywhere. Where's I going to go? I could have called Barrick and had him come get me, but then what? Two, three days in Hacienda Heights, and I had nowhere. I mean, the road back to Oklahoma was I had inside them doors, but no. That's not an excuse. That's how it was. I wasn't going. Still. I was on the other side of the hooker ad, standing there on my hand, on the shoulder of Rosemary. What the fuck was I doing here? God damn it. 
after a bit of kicking my own ass, I decided the first thing I needed to do is rule out all possibilities. We just got to rule it out. Got to be 100 fucking percent because we don't know anything for sure yet. Where I can make an honest, rational decision about what my next step was, I was going to have to prove my suspicion indeed you know, been realized. I had to call the number. I had to see for myself it belonged to the fucking phone in the next room. Of course, it's going to have to be careful. Caller ID was just starting to come out. I don't think it was out yet, but it was close. Ah, shit. I just didn't want Rosemary to know I knew anything. I couldn't leave the penthouse to make the call, but, you know, like I say, I'd already worked that shit out. There's an old, believe it or not, tabletop in the master bedroom. I mean, it sat on a small table next to that new bookcase I'd built. Assuming it must have been a private line for friends and family, I picked it up once just to see if it fucking worked. And Yeah, it was a dial tone. I never heard that fucking phone ring, though. Despite the ringer switch being in the opposition, no calls ever came in on that fucking phone. Anyway, that was a quick insight into how many folks gave a shit about Rosemary. Um, anyway, her phone never fucking rang. So I was going to be using that one to call. Classic touch. Now, I was taking a risk by calling Rosemary from that fucking line. The caller ID gadgets back then were, you know, separate little boxes that, like, had three or four cords sticking out of it and shit. Yeah. You never know where those fuckers popped up. I'd seen them. I'd never seen them used, but for all I knew, Rosemary might have one. Fucking taking a chance. I didn't care. Before making the call that night, I'd double-check just to make sure Rosemary didn't have any of those little boxes near her business line. I mean, I casually walked over there. I didn't see anything, so. Beyond TV guides and Rosemary's filthy fucking feet, there wasn't anything. Seems excessive, but you have to understand, I'm being real careful here. I don't want to fuck up my meal ticket. I wrote the number classic touchdown on a piece of scratch paper. It wasn't really scratch paper. It was a piece of cardboard I'd torn off a Mickey's box or something. I couldn't be all sneaky lugging around a fat fucking L.A. phone book under my arm. It was like just past 11, 11 or 12 on a fucking Saturday night. Yeah. I waited. On purpose like that. Phones were hopping. Johns were calling in left and right in search of female company. From the door of my room, I listened. Rosemary was fielding call after call after call. I left the bedroom door of my room partially closed with the light out. Walked to the end of the hall where it met the living room and looked through the trees. Yeah. <laughs> Rosemary was working them fucking phones. She had her notebooks and a big long sleeve. Big long sleeve of cardboard with a bunch of numbers and shit on it. I couldn't tell what it was, but anyway, she was working the phones and working her business. I turned around, quietly walked down to the master bedroom, entered. In fear of picking up the phone and interrupting a conversation, I actually unplugged the phone cord from the receiver, and then I muffled the mouthpiece, carefully plugged the phone cord back in. I sighed when all I got was dial tone. I pulled the number from my pocket in my free hand and dialed while listening for any chance that Rosemary might be walking down the hall in my direction or anything, but as far as I could tell, she was still in the living room. Didn't take long. I heard the phone ring. 
call connected. I can actually hear the phone ring in the other room through the receiver almost simultaneously. Rosemary had been on the other line with the prospect, but suddenly answered my call. Good evening, a classic touch, touch a classic. I don't think I even let her get through the entire greeting before pushing down the plunger. Fuck. Put the phone back down and went back to my room. By then, Rosemary's already back on the phone. This is an escort agency. Rosemary is the owner, madam, if you will, of the escort agency. My fiancé was a prostitute. Oh, my God. Rosemary ran the show. B was a prostitute. All the girls I had met the prior were fucking prostitutes. Oh, my God. Hey, it was certainly a road I had never traveled. <laughs> they were ladies of the night, and I didn't have a clue as to how I should feel. I didn't know what I felt. I just felt. I felt confused. I felt anxious, scared. All the money B had because was this. The high dollar apartment I was living in was because of this. All the booze and the cigarettes and the food and shit was because of this. My fucking Suzuki Ninja was because of this shit. You know, the feeling I had after the initial shock of it all was one of disappointment. That was really the first feeling I got when everything resonated. I don't think I was shocked as much as let down. Especially by Karen. I don't know why. I didn't even know her. I mean, Karen was the woman who invited me to dance with her in front of Rosemary's sofa. She was top shelf. She was gorgeous. Elegant. That gorgeous accent, that face, and that skin, and what the fuck was she doing? Second feeling I had after after realizing I was living in the guest room of an escort agency, yeah, like I say, was fear. I felt fear. There was a touch of it. Now, see, don't get me wrong. I just moved from Carson, California. I wasn't fucking afraid of cops raiding the place, arresting me. Bring them on. What could they fucking bust my ass for? Ain't shit they can hang on my neck. No, I didn't do anything wrong. I was just some stupid-ass hick kid who had been hired to stay there and do some handiwork. Hadn't understood what the fuck was going on. Yeah, that was my story. And it was true. The fear I had was that somehow... The fear I had was that it was somehow going to get back to my grandma in Oshalate, Oklahoma. I was terrified. I was terrified my grandma would find out where I was. You see, my my mom would cover for me. <laughs> Grandma, I don't know what Grandma would think. I just didn't want her to know. How would I ever even begin to explain to her what the fuck I was doing there? 
After pacing around in my room for a few minutes, I went to the bar to get a real drink. Mickey's big mouth just wasn't going to cut it. Oh, would you pour me a glass of brandy, Rosemary said, all keyed up after seeing me walk in. Sure, I responded, indifferently pulling a snifter from the glass chandelier over the bar. Phone rang by the chase, and I saw her take another phone call. Filled the glass with that nasty-ass brandy she drank, then I walked it over and sat on the coffee table for her. She didn't even look at me as she's sitting there writing shit down, talking to some John. For the record, Rosemary's Bar was pretty fucking sweet. Probably cost more than some homes back in Oklahoma. Far too big to have been brought in. She didn't buy it somewhere and have it brought in. Fuck no. That bar, it had been built there. Yeah, it was hooded, stained glass. Shelves behind it were filled with high-dollar spirits. There was beer well, like I said, wine rack. You know, it had been paid for by the sacrifices of those young women. It really fucking bothered me. That's what I was having a hard time with. I just couldn't get my fucking mind wrapped around it. What the fuck was B doing? It's Barrick's girlfriend. Did Barrick know? Oh, my God. I poured a gin tonic. Yeah, about 70% gin, 30% tonic. I went into the big kitchen, got some lime, squirted half the fucking bottle in there, I think. Took a big gulp, winced, staring at Rosemary from behind the bar. Now, this is the part where I'm supposed to get into some boring-ass soliloquy about coming to grips with my life at that point, the situation I was in, but there was nothing. I mean, what the hell can I say? I was just a loathsome little bastard. Who had more conflict to deal with? I spent the next several days in the very back part of Rosemary's penthouse. It was just easier for me back there. You know, the less I saw of that woman, the less I thought about what was going on. In the beginning, I'd hardly listened to the phone, but now I'd heard every one of them. I couldn't fucking get it out of my head now, nails on a goddamn chalkboard. Life was far more pleasant in the back where I didn't have to hear sweet talk clients while describing girls for them to screw. Work on that master bath in the hallway leading to it. I guess I had to be done and I was doing it. It was the only thing, yeah, to stay busy. Anyway, I was happier in the back room. I guess that's why Rosemary took it upon herself to grab every single fucking woman that worked for her, back there to see me. Hey, you see, I thought if I just ducked out and played low, key, fly under the radar, she'd leave me alone. Not a fucking chance. One day out of the blue. I'm guessing she'd done it so, you know, they wouldn't be spooked if they saw me walking around the penthouse. She just started bringing them back there to me. I must have met a dozen women. Meet the girls was, I mean, it was okay. They were gorgeous. They were beautiful, beautiful young women, late teens, early 20s, some closer to 30, I guess. I mean, the girls is okay, but having to keep going over the same shit over and over and over again, just got real tired real quick. We had to, it was a bullshit story Rosemary would give every time one of them girls came in. She'd bring it back and introduce me. 
Rosemary had fussed about how I was you know, helping Babe by marrying her and about how I'd heard she was in trouble. I had heard she was in trouble and had decided to come back out from Oklahoma to save her and all that bullshit. Yeah. I mean, I'd kind of play along with smiles and shoulder shrugs and they'd fuss over me and fawn over me and shit, but uh, truth is, it's a pain in the ass. Just leave me alone. I just want to do this shit and drink. B was supposed to only be just a week and a half out, I think. Yeah, and she's going to be coming back to Los Angeles. I just wanted to get the work done and get out. One night I was stripping a wallpaper from the walls of the bathroom. The wallpaper behind the toilet was velvet textured wallpaper with purple flowers and shit on it. I'd abandoned the stripper solution Rosemary had supplied and was just simply using a paint scraper to tear the shit off. It was tedious work, but I didn't mind. I was in a pretty good mood. Believe it or not, I was in a good mood, despite finding out everything I'd found out. I was feeling good. BB back soon, and, you know, I'd be able to leave, so fuck it. I still had plans to marry B. What else was I going to do? I wasn't in a loving, intimate relationship with her, so I had already kind of decided to keep treading forward. The important thing is get the work done and get the fuck out. Aside from the roof, I hadn't left the apartment in at least 10 days. I, I was anxious to get back to West Hollywood, just get the fuck out. Anyway, I was working on the old wallpaper in the bathroom when I heard what sounded like Rosemary yelling from the living room. She was getting into somebody's ass. I stopped wadding up a sheet of wallpaper I just stripped from the wall and listened closely. I heard her again. I mean, she's really cutting into him. So I cut the volume on the radio. Sounded like an argument. Dropped the wallpaper and began making my way, you know, down the hall towards the master bed. By the time I reached it, it became obvious Rosemary was really ripping into somebody's ass. And at first I couldn't tell if it was over the phone or suddenly I heard distinct whimpers of another female. Oh, I got curious. It was late. Lights are out in the master bedroom, so I was able to navigate my way down the hall, past the main bath in my bedroom, stop short, just the end of the hall towards the living room behind, yeah, my favorite hiding spot, the big tree. See the bare legs of a young woman poking out from the bottom of mid-thigh high skirt. I stopped well short of the end of the hallway, and I kept my right shoulder behind me, you know, close to the frame of uh, my own bedroom door in case I had to duck out. Fingers in my left hand spread apart as I pressed against the wall. I could see an attractive, wow, attractive young blonde, long hair, standing in front of the sectional facing Rosemary. He was on her chase. I couldn't see Rosemary from that vantage point, but I could damn sure hear her fucking ass yelling at her. God damn it, Samantha. She belched on Brandy. I'm just a fucking magician call. He should have fucking called me. Long-haired young woman stood silent, clutching her purse with both hands. 
while Rosemary continued to snarl. Why? It's a young woman named obviously Samantha let go of her purse in her right hand and fanned it out to her side, pleading her case. You can't give me time, Rosemary. He basically told me to get my shit and get out, she explained. I had to beg him just to let me get a ride, Rosemary coughed. God damn it. <coughs> I'm not paying for a fucking cab. I'm not paying for a goddamn cab, she snarled. You go fucking downstairs. You working out because I'm not fucking paying for it. I already paid him. He's gone. Samantha snapped back. Jesus. You could faintly hear the sound of the television in the living room and <laughs> Rosemary taking another gulp of her fucking brandy. Young woman sighed as she regained her composure. She's really pretty. She had a tall, slender, flat chest, but first I was afraid Rosemary might be aware of me standing around the corner, but told my position when she started bitching at Samantha again. No rule, she began. If I send your little ass out, and I don't give a damn who it is or where they live, if, <coughs> if they cancel, you don't leave. You don't leave. Don't get undressed. You don't get undressed till you talk to me first. You understand me? Samantha nodded her head in agreement. Okay. All right. I carefully started working my way back down the hall in anticipation of the dispute drawing to a close. Once I had stepped inside the master, I closed the door a little, you know, over halfway and went back to the bathroom. After turning the radio back up a little bit, I... I just went back to scraping off wallpaper. Well, just like I'd guessed. Yeah. Rosemary suddenly come bursting through the master bedroom door. Meg! She barked. Yeah, I replied without looking back over my shoulders. I continued to scrape wallpaper. She emerged at the end of the hallway closest to the bedroom. I could see her white silk gown shoulder in the mirror. I've got someone you need to meet. Fuck. This shit again. I set the scraper I was using down on the toilet lid, stood up, and turned around. Yeah? Rosemary relinquished one side of the wall where her hand had been placed, grabbed the young blonde, pulled her over, and presented her to me like a piece of meat. This Samantha, Britt. Samantha immediately threw up a hand wave and say hi without really saying hi. Politely, I nodded my head and smiled. Hi, Samantha. She smiled right back little bright-eyed and chipper. Hi. Skirt she was wearing, a little leopard print, dropped down about mid-thigh. Legs are slender and tan. Dirty blonde hair was straight and cropped just below the shoulders. Gosh, she was so cute. Attractive. Older than the majority of the other women I'd seen up there, but she was still cute. The exchange in the bedroom between the three of us was a brief one. But I remember it clearly. Whatever had exasperated Rosemary that night had been enough to cause her to do something she had never done before. Let me leave the penthouse. Taking her hand off Samantha, Rosemary then placed her hand on her sinuses and squeezed the center of her brow. Could you do me a favor? She asked while rubbing her forehead. 
Samantha took a cab here and doesn't have the fare to get home. Would you take her home for me? At first, I couldn't fucking believe it. I don't have a car, Rosemary, I shot back. Slowly, she blinked her eyes and let out a sigh before stepping back into the bedroom. You're going to use mine, Brett, she mumbled while flailing her left arm for me to follow her. Well, after giving me the access card to get back into the building along with her car keys, Samantha and I got on the elevator and headed downstairs to the parking garage. During the ride down, Samantha told me she lived right off Wilshire. As soon as those elevator doors opened up in that parking garage, <sighs> I was overwhelmed by relief. For the first time in two fucking weeks, the discomfort I'd been hampered by was gone. I mean, just being free of the confines of that fucking penthouse was a thrill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> ah, it feels so fucking good to be out here, I exhaled, falling back against the wall. Damn. Been in there for a while, have you? Samantha asked. I nodded my head and stood upright again. Two weeks, almost. Two long motherfucking weeks. Rosemary told me she had parking spaces number one and two. And I was to take the car and the one hole. Samantha and I stepped out to the parking garage. I was thrilled to see the car and the number two was a beat up piece of shit cutlass. It was sitting just beyond. It's a freshly waxed red convertible BMW 325. <laughs> oh, fuck. Smiled. Nice. Samantha chuckled over the back end of my comment. Take me home. Gonna wrap it up for Bombing Down Poinsettia, Chapter 9. Cartier Changes Everything, Part 1. Make sure you join me next Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, where we'll continue Chapter 9. Cartier Changes Everything, Part 2. Thanks for tuning in and give this a listen. Stan the Joke Man Show will be back on Friday, high noon. Until then, bye. Can deal with me, amigos? We are, we are, we are, we're just children, finding our way.